It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And so mm. I used to believe it was all about the collection of things. And so what I began to do was say, if I buy, I must use. And if I don't use, I can no longer buy. And so oh. the shoes you see behind me, I tell people all the time, they say, oh, you're showing off all your shoe collection. No, baby, this is my journey. This is my yes. journey. Each shoe represents something that I went through, uh, how hard it was. The higher the heel, the more difficult the struggle. You're listening to Money Moves, powered by Greenwood, a finance podcast dedicated to dropping all the knowledge and gems from the world's leading celebrities, entrepreneurs, and experts in tech, business, and more. I'm your host, angel investor, technology enthusiast, and media personality, Tanya Sam. Each week, we talk with guests who are making significant strides in their fields and learn how they are making their money move. If you're someone who's looking to make your money move, you're in the right place. So open up your notes app and lock us in because this podcast will give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance you so rightly deserve. Before we start the episode, I'd like to remind you to check us out at gogreenwood.com and follow us on social media at Greenwood and me on all things social at It's Tanya Time to stay locked in to new episodes. Money Movers, please give a warm welcome to Jasmine Sanders. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So we've gone through some of your big breaks, um, but now you're hosting DL Hughley Morning Show. You've got multiple, multiple podcasts. And I also want to talk about how you've sort of evolved through like an interesting, like radio has changed. Uh, radio has dramatically it. changed. So you it's have managed to juggle, stay on top and do all these things through like incredible times. How have you managed to land on your feet all the time? Oh, I have good knees. <laughs> they help me when I yeah. run and get back up. Yes. They help me get back up. Let me tell you, I have been hired. I have been fired. I have been, you know, uh, mistreated. I have been all of those things. But because I believe that 
there is a greater calling on my life that I just Mm. refuse to give up. I also refuse to be a dinosaur. When the industry changes, I change. I do not. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying I change the essence of who I am. Jasmine is Jasmine is Jasmine. If you need, I sell red cups. If you need red cups, I have them. <laughs> now, if you need blue cups, I don't have those. You have to go down the street for that. So even when it comes to how I got the job with DL, I was very honest with him. I, you know, he said, you know, you're not who I want. I said, hey, then that's <gasps> fine. Go get that. Wait, wait. He said, you're not who I want. Yeah, 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 ouch. yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it was not. It was not an ouch for me. It was a thank you. You know why? Okay. I like the honesty of telling me that this is not the relationship that you were hoping for. Because my thing is, I don't want to be your number two. I don't want to be your second choice. I want to be your one and only choice. And if I'm not, I'm okay with that. My life will still be fine. There is, I am Mm -hmm. number one somewhere. And so the more we talked about it, you know, we, and we, we met for dinner before I was hired and he said that, and I said, okay, that's fine. You you haven't hurt my feelings. Thank you for not allowing me to uproot my life and move into a situation. Waste my time. Thank you. And I flew in specifically for the interview and I was flying right out. So I said, well, let me do this for you because I believe in, I think everything happens for a reason. So I believe perhaps my meeting with you and flying here was not for me to get this job, but it was for me to share with you. So let me ask you some questions. Who's your executive producer? Who is going to be doing the PR for your show? Have you figured out, like I began to quiz him about, cause I said, I want you to be successful. I don't know what you can and what you can do in this space, but I know this is all I've ever done. You come from a comedy world. I didn't. So I can't tell you about comedy, but I can damn sure mm. tell you about radio. And let me tell you, this is what you need to focus on. By the time we were finished, he were, he was like, you know, you are who I want. I said, no, sir. Whoa. Yes. You did. Sell yourself into the role. And you know what I said? I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I said, I'm not the person that you now have to pretend like it's a one night stand and I'm going to call you tomorrow. I don't need that. Uh Don't blow smoke. It's cool. If you're not going to call me, that's fine. I'm going to be fine. Because I I still had a job. I was working at CBS in New York, another radio station, uh, an an AC station at that, not even in the urban market. I moved over to the white side. I was like, I'm good. And he was like, no, I'm telling you. He was like, I was closed minded. And I came into this because I thought he said, but now my eyes are open. I said, that is all wonderful. And that is beautiful. Listen, you have a great show. Uh, Congratulations on it. I wish you much success. If you ever need any help, if you have any questions, I got you. Two days later, they called and they said, Dio wants to meet you for breakfast. And I was like, okay. And I showed up. Yeah, it was his whole crew. And that was our first day of work. So I say that to say, do not be afraid to say no to something that you feel is off a little. Mm. It's okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And it turned out to be the best thing because it was my telling him no that made him realize how much of a yes he needed in me. Yes. Yes. And also what a resource because, you know, he comes from a very comedy background. You have years in radio, like it's a whole production to make a whole shows production. like that. It's orchestration and you have to have these synchronicities. Um, yeah. Talk about the early days of, you know, learning to work with people because it's, it's hard. <laughs> well, let me say this for me, um, when I first started and for at least 10 years, 
I worked, well, eight years, I worked alone. And then I began to do morning shows and I did morning shows with other people. And it, it is a circus because you have multiple mm-hmm. personalities and you have people who are there for certain reasons. And so I will say when I first started working with DL, it was very difficult at first because I knew I came from a radio background. And as you said, he came from a comedy background and I had to learn my place in that. Now, the thing I love correcting people about, there is this common misconception that a co-host is mainly there to sit, to smile, and to giggle at jokes that are sometimes not funny. That is not true. The hardest Mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. is to be a co-host because you have to be, you have to be secure in your own talent, but also have enough discipline to know, as Kenny Rogers would say, know when to hold them, them. know when to fold them, them. know when to walk away and when to run. And so as someone, as a co-host who knows she can hold her own, sometimes I have to be quiet because I understand there's a time. It's knowing all elementally, all of the pieces that go into radio, we're on a clock. So sometimes we don't have time for my opinion. As strongly right. opinionated as I am, right. I understand right. the dynamics of it. And so also I understand as the co-host, I am there to help him shine. So, you know, it, it is putting mm. myself down sometimes. And so people are always like, you're so quiet sometimes. I'm like, you don't understand the role of a co-host. It is, yes. it is the hardest yes. job there. Because I know sometimes in the segment, I'm smarter than you and I have to be quiet. <laughs> I know that you, you're wrong and I don't want to make you look bad. So I have to say something. But lucky for me, him being a comedian, I know he can take a zinger and be fine. Just like yes, I know, yes. lucky for me, I have thick skin so he can zing on me about some things. And people say, well, why don't you say anything back? It wasn't the time or place. It wasn't the time or place. It's not for the show sometimes. Not. It's not about you needing to... For the audience to know that you're okay. Right. It's not for the show. They're on their drive to work. Yeah. 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 That's right. Like, sometimes that's not important. Yeah. yeah. And I'm all right with that. I'm secure and knowing <laughs> that's him calling me now. It's <laughs> okay. The show must go on. <laughs> he called every When the boss yeah. calls. I mean, yeah. I almost feel like, yeah. Show must go on. You know, but I think it's a typical thing. It, it took a little adjustment, but I think, um, just again, working as a team, as in any job, you know, you have to learn to get along with different personalities. Some people, you know, might get on your nerves or egg you a little bit when you're like, why are you always talking to me that way? Or why, you know, it's a lot. And so I think it's learning to, to be stretched. And I don't have to tell you being a black woman, people will try you. And I say, don't try me, honey, try Jesus. Cause I'm not the one. No, I don't let the pretty fool you. Yeah, don't no. let the pretty fool you. Okay. Don't do a- it. it. Let me tell you, it's a rattlesnake under here. I do want to talk about for folks that are out here because you've also now launched multiple podcasts of your own. But before we move on to that, I do want to ask about lifestyle because it's hard being on radio. You either have to get up super early or in the afternoon. How do you sort of factor balancing lifestyle into this? Well, you know, I believe, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Alchemist. I believe that everything that you, everything that you go through and every situation that you're in, whether it be how you were raised, all of it is for a reason. Mm. You just have to be willing to be open to understanding the why of it. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I was raised on a farm. So I had to be up at 3.30 every morning because the cows needed to be milked. Wow. (laughs) You know, butter needed to be made. I did not understand that those habits of getting up early would follow me and would serve me. You know, so working long hours and working hard and, and being able to pivot all of that throughout my life, I learned and I never knew how it would serve me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my lifestyle is I get up really early. It is not a hassle because it is it it's is who you are. I was raised that way. And it's who I am. And so there are lessons in the who you are and how you are raised. If you look back, even me as a kid loving music and listening to the radio all the time and writing down everything that the radio personality would say. I did not know that 20 years later, when they put me in a production room and say, okay, show us what you got. You've been here every day. Now I had never done radio in my life. You know what I did? I hearkened back to what I would write down. And I remembered what they would say. And I said that. So again, Everything is for a reason. You just have to be open to it. And so my lifestyle is that. Beautiful. It comes naturally because I leaned into who I was and what I learned along the way. Oh, I love this. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about launching your own podcasts. You have several, so please introduce those to our audience, because not one, not two, but three. <laughs> so she's got something for I all do. our listening tapes. <laughs> I do, and, and all of them have a purpose. The very first one that is my heart is called Don't Tell Me to Shut Up. Mm. And I launched that because, you know, being on the show with DL, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. Right. And there's not a lot of time for me to say what I want to say. And so it's a little tongue in cheek because he never tells me to shut up. Sometimes he does <laughs> in his own way, but I know it's love. But I feel as women, mm -hmm. uh, even from kids, we're always told to be quiet. Don't talk when adults are talking or shut up. Oh, girl. I was right. that girl. Right. And so I was just always talking. Of course. And so now I feel as though I am in a place now, don't tell me to shut up. And it's not always said with, mm. with, um, you know, uh, a little attitude. Sometimes like, don't tell me to shut up. I'm speaking the truth. And don't tell me to shut up. Sometimes. Yeah. It, so I think it has different meanings, but it all comes down to, I have a lot to say about a lot of things and I'm going to do it right here on don't tell mm -hmm. me to shut up. So it's kind of like my space to, you know, talk about what grinds my gears or what I'm into at the moment or something that I saw and I want to get it off my chest. Or, you know, when they overturn Robos's Wade, I had a lot to say about that. You know, I had a lot to say about the George Floyd situation. I had a lot to say about just so many things. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's there's only so many hours on the show. And because it is the D.L. Hughley show, I felt like, well, I got some shit I want to say, too. I'm going to say it right now. I got some stuff I need exactly. to say in my That's own right. platform. Absolutely. So that was the first one. And, and it gives me the opportunity to, to unapologetically be Jasmine in all of those ways. I can have a bit of a potty mouth. Uh, I can be a little bit aloof about some things culturally. Uh, and I feel safe in, in exploring all of those areas of myself. I feel okay doing that. And, and I, I love it. And then uh, when we began to celebrate National Women's Month, I thought about um, the mm -hmm. podcast Woman to Woman came from. I felt like we spend so much time celebrating women of the past, which I love, but I wanted to celebrate women of right now. And some of those women happen to be my friends, people that I know, people that I wish I knew, people that, you know, I feel need to have a light shined on them. And so I thought, mm -hmm. wow. And mm -hmm. I instantly thought about you remember the song, uh, Hey Barbara, this is Shirley. <laughs> woman to woman. Hey, yes, yes. That's where that came from. And I thought, wow. wow. Oh gosh, I have not thought about that in a while. Ooh, and I thought, I want to do a version of that, an honest conversation between women 
about women things. And it could be serious. It could be silly, whether we're talking about the men in our lives or the men who are not in our lives, whether we're talking about menopause, whether we're talking about, you know, uh, brunches, all of that. And so that's where that came from. And so, you know, DL began to tease me a little bit about women talking or women chirping is chicks chirping. That's what he calls it. And I thought, women you know, chirping. How dare you they? know? And I said, you know, I have no problem talking to men. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy's kind of girl and I'm a girl's kind of girl too. And I want to be able to show that side of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to also launch a podcast called woman to man, where I have conversations with men about why is there this great divide? Why is there always this constant miscommunication or misinterpretation about our relationships? And why do people say we can't get along? And why do, why is there so much static between us at a time when women are doing better than they ever have. And this is the perfect opportunity for us to be in sync so that we can rise together so that generational wealth that you're talking about can be in place. This is not the time for us to be pointing fingers at each other. We should be working together. So I want you to tell me Oh, it's dialogue and communication. Yeah, that's it. That's the only way we're going to win. But if if men are always pointing at black women as the problem and black women are always pointing at black men as the problem, we're always going to be divided. And everyone knows a house divided cannot stand. And so I wanted to be able to get rid of that. And so I'm like, listen, you know, we can talk about anything anything you want to talk about. And then just so you know, I'm telling it right here for the first time, I plan on launching another podcast. You can tell I'm someone who loves to talk. Come on. Come on. Oh, I love it. I so love it. I the get podcast it. I get it. is going to be, and this one is going to be really short, really cute and really fun. And I know you're going to love it, but it's going to be called three questions to friends. And I want to be able to have any friend to ask me, any three questions they've ever wanted to know. And then I get to do the same thing. Oh, I love this. And so I gives. Okay, let me tell you. I love it. I love this. Because I, since, since from years ago, like decades, I stumbled across these books and it was like the book of questions, the book of questions for the game of life, the book of, so I'm always the girl that if, if there's a girl's trip, a car trip, I bring the book of questions. You learn a lot about you people do. if you ask some of these questions. And I also think, you know, Ooh, some of the friends, we know how life is, you know, the friends that you had in college or junior high school may not still be around. Mm-hmm. And when you run into them, you have questions. And and the friend is used loosely because it might not, it might be somebody that I just met, but I want to get to know better. And I, I have three questions for you <laughs> and they may be serious. They yeah, may be silly, but you. you know, and, and so I think it's, it's a great concept of, of again, kind of reigniting the art of conversation. Small three questions. The art of conversation. Friends. Well, this will segue for me. You have tons of experience in the art of conversation. And as we see, you know, how traditional and digital media is changing and evolving, I know that you're creating more podcasts. So how do you envision the future of 
podcasting and radio in a digital world? Like, is this where people should be putting their money? I think people should be putting their money here without question in the digital world. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that more black and brown people do it because this is the area traditionally mm-hmm. that we fall behind. Even when you look at the education system, when you look at the fact that our schools are not really taught well when it comes to digital, there in some areas you're lucky enough where they are expanding those programs. But I think again, traditionally, we're always the last one to climb on board. And so we we don't get the opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to take advantage of the, of the money that flows. We we just don't. And and I think it's very sad. So I would say this is the area for sure in the digital space, because you may not like it. Uh, you might feel as though it rubs you the wrong way, but it's a lot like CDs. If you remember when you were, if you are of the age, a lady of a certain age, such as I, Mm-hmm. I remember cassettes, CDs. Like, I, I think remember, I saw it all. I re- do you remember how hard it was for people to let go of their vinyl and their seat, their their cassettes? We were like, "Oh, this is blasphemous! Yes. What are you talking yes. about?" And then from the CD to the MP3, people didn't. They wanted nothing to do with it. And I happened to be working at a, a record label yep. at that time, and I remember PDs and DJs were pissed. They were like, "What is this digital? Nobody wanted it. You know what it did?" do? <laughs> Your the fact that you did not like it did not stop it, and so I feel the same way. Did not. That's what you talk about. I don't want to be a dinosaur. Don't be a dinosaur. You have to evolve, or you will be you will become extinct. It's very simple, and so I think it's it's mm-hmm. a matter of mm-hmm. practice that you should put into place of always trying to stay on top of. Um, the trends and knowing which trend will come and go and knowing which one will stay. Listen, GP chat, people are nervous about it. And I don't blame them. I'm a little nervous too, but I'm not scared because I know it is the future. It is coming yep. whether you want it or not. I say that all the time. And you know, one of the biggest things, especially as we talk about in the black and brown community is it's coming whether or not you want it. And so why I love conversations like this, why I love just ha- telling people we got to be driving it this time. We can't be at the back of the line playing catch up, asking for, you know, help supporting. This is where we need to be creating companies. This is where we need to be at the forefront, figuring out how radio, music, AI, chat, GPT, we can use it all to our Without question, because let me tell you something. Have you ever gotten to the bottom of a box of cereal or a bag of chips? You know what's at the bottom of the tail end? Nothing but crumbs. And that's what happens to us. when We come in at the end and we don't get the beginning or the middle, which is always the best part. When you get to the end, you're getting the crumbs. So you're not getting the best of it. We're not here for the crumbs anymore. No No way. Almost 2024. Jasmine, I'm going to shift us all the way to the left because not only are you an inspiring media personality, you do the work in so many different spheres, philanthropy being one of them. And you have been very candid. You've told us much about your story, your ups or downs and the struggles. But I want to take a minute to talk about Jasmine Cares and Adopted and Winning and talk about how these initiatives are empowering women and families to support adoptees. So Jasmine Cares came about because I was, you know, anybody who's been in the media, especially radio, you know, part of your job is community outreach. And so the station will have you in the community Mm -hmm. doing various things, showing up at different schools and speaking at functions. And it used to always bother me Uh, Because I know what it felt like to be left behind or to feel left behind. And so I began to think it's interesting. I come in and I say all of these amazing words and I give them words of encouragement about you can do it. And then I go on back to my life and there they are the next day 
you know, trying to figure out, okay, yeah. well, I felt great. Yeah. I was on a high. It's like going to church on Sunday and then Tuesday trying to keep the same tennis yeah. that you learned on Sunday, but it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you're feeling different. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to create something that would be kind of like um, a bridge to those kids, even after that day was over. And so I wanted them to know if no one else cares, Jasmine does. Jasmine cares. And so I created this whole platform that allowed them to have access to me so that even after I've gone and we've had this amazing day full of inspiring words and being able to touch one another, when I'm gone, I'm still here. So I'm never really gone. I'm always here. And so I wanted to be able to assist them and be that bridge. And so I thought, I may not, because of my schedule, have the opportunity to be with them all the time. But the one thing that I always knew is that when you are on the road to success or when you're building your own kind of foundation to success, you meet a lot of people. And so if I can just find out from them, what is it that you want? And I was always clear in saying, I'm not going to do the walk for you. I'm not going to do the work for you. But what I will do is connect you Mm -hmm. and it will be Mm -hmm. up to you. And so I would do things like I've met a lot of stylists, a lot of uh, makeup artists, a lot of hair people along the way. And so if I met someone who wanted to be a model, I would say, "Okay, I tell you what, uh, I'm never going to say that you don't have what it takes to be a model. I'm not because life is not never going to tell you what you don't have. It's not going to tell you that it's going to show you. Right. And so I thought, well, I don't want to take the air out of your sail. So what I will do is I will connect you with a hairstylist, a makeup artist, you know, and a, a clothing stylist. And they will put, wow. all yeah. they put all of these things together for you. Now, when you get your pictures, it's up to you now to knock on doors. And they will tell you either you have what it takes or not. Because if you think about it, looking back over your own life and your own career, think about the thousands of people that you've met along the way. And all it takes is for you Mm -hmm. to make that one phone call, that one connection. And that's it. It could change the life of someone. And so that's what I began to do with that initiative. And then with the adopted and winning, I got tired of hearing people think that kids who are adopted. And I came from the era where it was, it was, it was taboo to speak about. And so now every, not everything, but a lot of, which must've been really difficult. It was very difficult. Um, And so I wanted to kind of get rid of that stigma that because you're adopted, that somehow you're flawed from the beginning and that because you lived in foster care, that somehow you know, you are tarnished and and things are wrong for you. And so I wanted to create a platform that highlighted that you could be adopted and winning. And I am one of those people. I'm adopted and winning. And I want people to feel that way about themselves too, that you too are adopted and winning. The fact that you're still here, you're living, you're breathing and you made it, you're winning. And so, you know, I I try to speak to that and I try to encourage people who are adopted to talk about that so that they can share that story to other people who are in foster care waiting to be adopted, who are constantly being told that, you know, you're a bad seed, your mama didn't want you or this. I'm trying to destroy Uh, all of that. uh, Heartbreaking. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. 
Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you know, one thing I just love, it is it is really heartbreaking. And I think, you know, we, as you look at it now, we are doing better because there was so much back, you know, 10, 20, 30, however many years ago that we just were like, what we knew as society was just don't, don't talk, talk don't tell. And so now being able to have, don't people, tell my don't business, talk about it, don't, don't you know, tell my business, fuck up, smile, mm hmm. Absolutely. Don't tell my business. So being able to have these conversations again, just openly and candidly, it removes so much of the shame that we don't need to have placed on. Well, if you think about it, you know, the fact that for me, it was a secret. I don't know anything good. That's a secret. Not even the the secret recipe to KFC. It can't be good. <laughs> so if you call it a secret, I mean, it's, I instantly think it's something bad that is supposed to be kept in the dark. And then immediately right. I think there's something wrong. And so I'm out to, to change all of that. Yeah. And, and just to kind of piggyback on what you just said, it's wonderful that 
now that we know better, we're trying to do better for the new generation of people who are in foster mm -hmm. care and adoption. But think about the entire segment of the population, such as myself, of a certain age oh, yeah. who's still dealing with PTSD from that. What about us? You know, and so that too is part of yes. my adopted and winning campaign is is going back and capturing people like me of a certain age that are still dealing with the trauma of being adopted or being in foster care. I mean, you also talked a little bit about, you know, growing up in the South where it was just, it is still closed and they're still reluctant to move the needle and make the social progress that so many desperately need. So I appreciate you being able to stand and use your voice, you know, through adopted and winning and, and, and call people to this because they're still, and I know you were passionate, you've mentioned Roe versus Wade, like whew, there's still a lot of work to be That's done. You know, just in helping people find the healing that they so rightly deserve. Yeah, but I, I think that people like you who have conversations like this um, and other people who are out there doing the work, it's things like this that help and that will amplify and shine the light on some of these, you know, barbaric and crazy yeah. laws that are still in effect that make absolutely no sense and do yeah. the, the community as a whole no service at all. As a matter of fact, it does a tremendous disservice. It's silly. You know, it's really funny. I, I really believe in like those little conversations that just spark something in someone. And it's funny because I lost my mom when I was 12. And back then, you know, we just didn't really talk. I had family around me. You had support. But it was like, let's just not talk about it all the time. And it wasn't until I was at a work event at like a chamber event. And this woman was at the front of the room talking about how she lost her mom at 12 years. I was in my thirties, I guess, at 12 years of age. And I was like, this woman is crazy. Why is she talking about these things out loud? Doesn't she know people are listening? This is not appropriate. Doesn't she know people are listening? And fast forward, she founded a grief organization specifically for kids. And we have helped thousands upon thousands of children and families. But sometimes it's just this. So I love hearing you talk about you know, your struggles, your journey, and then being able to give back because it truly is once you find something that you're passionate about, that you connect about, the healing is the all healing yours. healing is all yours. And, you know, let me say, I, I'm so sorry yeah. to hear about your mom. And even though I know it was when you were 12, you know, I lost my mom. I lost both of my mothers, my mama that raised me and my biological mother. And mm -hmm. I say to people all the time, it is not, um, uh, a sorority or fraternity that you want to be a member of. It's very mm -hmm. difficult. And I don't care yep. how old you get, you always need your mama. You do. And I think that you suffer yeah, you do. some type of, of trauma that never seems to go away. You just learn to deal with it every day. And so I am sorry yeah, for you, for your loss. And oh, I hope you, that Jasmine. you were not able to really process it but I hope that you find a way to process it, to face yes. it, and to be able to deal with it so that you will be a blessing to someone else who has lost their mother. And you know what? I say this now. I enjoy doing that work because it is not always easy. You know, it takes, but I enjoy it. And I, I look at it so much differently and I, I enjoy even talking about it with people like saying this on the radio or having these conversations. Like it is, it is freeing. It is healing. And one of the things like at the organization, I, you know, I serve on the board. I volunteer there all the time, like being around children and families. And I just see how we are able to do so much better now for our children and our yes. families. And it's just, it's an evolution. <laughs> and, you know, 
people did the best they could with what they had. That's the it. Time, That's all you could do. You know, and the evolution. Yep. 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 And, you know, it also goes, as I bring it back to talking about money, um, it, it's the same thing, I think, on, on our perspectives of how we look at money. We look at how our parents were just like, either spend it, don't spend it. And now as we look at kids and how we're talking to them so that they can make those connections between, listen, this little piece of paper that, you know, and I don't even know half our audience knows what a check is. <laughs> but making those correlations between like how we make money, how we earn it, how we save it, like all of this, I just think, you know, how we deal with our family relationships, grief, adoption, I just think it makes us for a better society, a better world. And I just commend you on the acts of service that you're doing that for being candidly sharing with our audience and doing all that you do through Jasmine Cares and just you're a good oh, soul, sister. You. I feel it. I appreciate that. And I receive it. I, I really do. I, I really appreciate you. I think it's important, you know, platforms like this, just because, like I said, I think, you know, when you know better, you do better. And, you know, I do believe do that better. your relationships with your family is a lot like your relationship with money. It's true. If you have secrets, then you have secret mm-hmm. debt. You know, if you have a discipline, yes. you know, I, I think the way you, you treat your money is like you treat your family. And I think it's unfortunate. I came up when during a time when you didn't talk about money because that was part of the secrecy. You didn't talk about your salary. Yes. You didn't talk about yes. the bills. You didn't talk about any of that. Not at And you know all. what happened to me because of that, because of that secrecy, when I went off to college, every credit card company that was at the bottom of the university center got me and they got me in debt quickly. And I'm thinking, now, you know, I don't have a job. I'm in school. But they convinced me that I needed this right. credit card. So I started out bad. And you know what I did? I kept it a secret from my mama. I kept it a secret because she started the oh, secret. Oh gosh, this is such a classic I story. kept the secrets going. And so for a long time, I never talked about, yep. oh my God, I was indebted. Oh my God, I got thrown out of an apartment and I got a car repossessed and I got all of this because of secrets. Instead of being open and having an open dialogue with family to be able to say, hey, I'm in trouble. Maybe you can help me out of this trouble by teaching me how to take care of my money. That's why you have to have open conversations. Uh, and that, and the more we talk about it on platforms like this, hopefully people are listening so that you understand the importance of credit. You understand the importance of money coming in versus money going out and how you spend your money. And, you know, are you getting a good return on whatever investment you're making? How you save it. All of this. All of Just this. True. Oh, Jasmine, you are a jewel and a gem. But before we leave, can you tell us anything more about any upcoming projects that we should look out for and where they can, where we can find you, number one, on social media and where we can find your morning show? It's an afternoon drive show, afternoon drive. So on... I'm going to take that back, y'all. <laughs> on social media, uh, you can find me at I am Jasmine Sanders, very simply, because I am who I am. I am Jasmine Sanders. Yes. Um, projects that are coming up that I'm super excited about. I am launching a tour called the Jasmine Experience and the platform will be based on. There's always more with this woman. The platform will be fighting for your joy. And the reason why I think this is important is because I think uh, we as black women specifically spend our entire lives fighting for everything. We fight for money, right? the right to be paid equally. We fight for relationships. We fight for our family. We fight for our man, honey. We fight for everything. But we end up dying 
before fighting for our very own joy, for our piece of happiness, to be who we were before the trauma. And so it is a passion for me to help people, women, reconnect with that little girl who used to laugh with reckless abandon, who didn't Mm. care that her hair was all over her head. We didn't care. We just wanted to have a good time. And so it will be um, a joy party, basically, where I will be going around to different (sighs) markets that we are on in, and we're on in almost 90 markets across the country. And we will laugh together. There will be no tears shed. We, I'm not going to say we're not going to pray because I believe in prayer and everything, but it's not going to be about focusing on that's joyful, lift up our joyful that's right. voices and laughing and having a good time and remembering who we were before the trauma set in. And so, uh, you can expect to hear more about that. Um, I'm also in the process of writing a book about the same subject, claiming your joy. Um, so I'm super excited about that as well. It's with, it's with a really big publisher, so I'm super excited about that as well. Um, but I'm working on that and and other elements that you know I'm working on. You know, we are going coming back to TV with the radio uh, version, uh, the TV version of the radio mm-hmm. show. Uh, and I'm hoping for more opportunities in TV, and and I'm working on screenplays and things like that. Like I'm I'm I believe in every day of your life to fill it up so that when you can't write anymore, when you can't talk anymore, when you can't walk uh, anymore, there's nothing else to be done because you've done it all. Use everything and every part of your body while you still have it. And that's what I'm trying to do. Use it up. I want to be like that empty thing of toothpaste where you're just trying to squeeze some more life out of it. So at the end, Yes. I know that I yes. will hear. Well done. Wow. Used every gift I'm inspired. Well, I'm here for all your joy. You better let me know. We will stay tuned because I will bring my joy to your. Yes, you are invited. I love it so much. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Like, I really appreciate I'm there. it. I'm here for the joy. Listen, we're going to stay yes. in contact, please. I would like that. You are more than invited. I would love to sit down and break bread with you anytime. Uh, I believe in that. I think that's important because I think, you know, energy is important, connecting so that you can emit more energy, positive energy out in the world. Yes. That's what we're here for. Well, thank you, you kind and beautiful soul. Thank you for inspiring our Money Moves audience and all that you do. And Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today. But make sure you tune in to Money Moves wherever you get your podcast so you too can have the keys to financial wealth, health, and stability you so rightly deserve. That's right, girl. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If we helped you make your money move, please share it with your community. Subscribe and leave us a review on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Greenwood and visit us at gogreenwood.com for more financial tips. And remember, Money Movers, if this were easy, everyone would do it. So take the lessons you've learned from this episode and apply it to your life. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure to tune in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Until next time. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.